1: Curtis Lee was guardian angels come to the rescue of an elderly subway rider. The infamous torso serial killer expected to plead guilty today to five Long Island murders. There's pushback over NYPD officers being told by top brass to put NYPD stickers on work cell phones to curb personal phone use. NFL player term Republican Senate candidate in Georgia, Herschel Walker, campaigns outside Mercedes-Benz Stadium ahead of tomorrow's special runoff election. A group of Taylor Swift fans sue Ticketmaster all over last month's ticket fiasco. The Guardian Angels pounced on a subway rider who was assaulting an elderly woman in the Bronx on Saturday, according to founder and 77 WABC host Curtis Slewa. The yes, incident happened about noontime on a D-train at the 167th Street stop when three guardian angels saw a man and woman yelling at this elderly strap hanger. Slewa so spoke about the incident while filling in for Frank Morano on the other side of midnight.
0: We do it different than the police. The NYPD, they position men and women on the platforms. They rarely, if ever, walk up and down the moving trains as they did previously in different administrations. This has been part and parcel of what we've been doing for 44 years since I started the Guardian Angels as a night manager of Mickey D's up in the Bronx.
1: NYPD officers who were at the station arrested the man who was released on a desk appearance ticket, according to Slewa. The same a trio of Guardian Angels about an hour earlier Saturday saw an emotionally disturbed man holding a baby and yelling at a female passenger who was a stranger on a board of a... Number four train at 138th Street in the Bronx, according to Sluha, he said the Angels escorted the woman to another car. The infamous serial slayer known as the Torso Killer because of the way he carved up some of his victims is set to plead guilty today in the brutal murders of five Long Island women. 78-year-old Richard Cottingham is already serving a life sentence out in New Jersey for killing six other women between 1967 and 1980. Diane Cusick's daughter, Darlene Altman, reacted back in June to news that Cottingham had now been charged with her mother's murder, all due to a DNA match. I never thought I'd see this day. I had given up. But all these people got justice for me and for my mother. The former computer programmer and once married father of three now expected to admit to the 1968 rape and murder of dance teacher Diane Cusick, as well as the slings of four other women in Nassau County in 1972 and 1973, according to Newsday. The 23-year-old Cusick was found murdered after failing to return home from a trip to the Green Acres Mall in Valley Stream to buy shoes. Cunningham was eventually linked to her death through DNA testing. Top brass at the NYPD has ordered cops to attach stickers emblazoned with the letters NYPD to their work cell phones. The idea here to try and curb personal calls and texting while on duty. But some officers are telling the department where they can stick it. Distribution of these decals comes several months after Mayor New York City Mayor Eric Adams told the public to snap a photo of any cop talking on their phones in the subways. I am disappointed in the deployment of transit police personnel. I've shared this before. All of you who take the train, you know you walk downstairs and you see five transit officers standing at the booth looking at their phones. Just can't, we just can't continue to do that. The directive requiring these stickers added to the NYPD's patrol guide a day before Thanksgiving. Well, tomorrow's the big U.S. Senate runoff in Georgia between Republican Herschel Walker and Democratic incumbent Senator Raphael Warnock. Both campaigns took advantage of Saturday's Southeastern Conference championship game between Georgia and the Louisiana State University Tigers to appeal to voters. Walker, largely known for his star football career with the University of Georgia Bulldogs, took pictures with fans near Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Down the street, a dogs for Warnock booth gave out pins for Senator Raphael Warnock. In ads broadcast to millions of people watching the game. Walker's former football coach praised his drive and work ethic. Meanwhile, Democrats showed footage of voters reacting with disbelief to Walker's comments on the campaign trail, including a comparison of vampires and werewolves i don't know if you know vampires and cool people are they not but i'm gonna tell you something that i found out a werewolf can kill a vampire did you know that i never knew that so i don't want to be a vampire anymore i want to be a werewolf but then anyway as i'm watching this movie and you can tell you how stupid it is because it's one in the morning so i'm watching my tv Are uh, these kids watching their tv a uh, vampire kill on their tv Marsha Walker there in the midterms. Warnock finished about one percentage point ahead of Walker in the November 8th general election, but fell just short of the 50 percent threshold needed for a win. A group of Taylor Swift fans are suing Ticketmaster for a list of violations over last month's ticket fiasco. They allege fraud, price fixing and antitrust violations, accusing Ticketmaster and its parent company, Live Nation, of letting resellers buy most of the concert tickets. The lawsuit is asking for a civil fine of $2,500 per violation. Mainstream news reporters in lockstep with Democratic strategists rushed to social media to smear journalist Matt Tabby as a sad fraud as he released his bombshell report on political censorship at Twitter. On Friday, billionaire Elon Musk, who vowed to give the social media giant a free speech overhaul when he bought it last month, released to Tabby a shocking collection of inside correspondence proving that Democratic insiders leaned on Twitter censors to suppress the New York Post coverage of Hunter Biden's laptop ahead of the 2020 presidential election. Elon Musk responded on Twitter.
0: I think uh, those people should be looking in the mirror and wondering why they were deceptive. Uh, why did they deceive the American public? And, and instead of trying to redirect blame to Matt they seem to be accepting some responsibility themselves for not being truthful to the American public.
1: Meanwhile, Yoel Roth, Twitter's former head of trust and safety, admitted Wednesday that the social media giant has interfered in elections. Dozens of journalists, including MSNBC's Chris Hayes, NBC's Brandi Zedronsny, and the New Republic's Jacob Silverman and Democrat partisans piled on, drawing the scorn of investigative reporter Glenn Greenwald. President Joe Biden last week handed the DNC's Rules and Bylaws Committee a new early primary calendar, which bends results in his favor. The changes adopted Friday were beyond expectations, and analysts say it is the clearest indication to date that Biden will seek re-election for another term to the White House. Former senior advisor to President Obama, David Axelrod, spoke to CNN's Sneer Conish about the move. I think the message here is if you're an insurgent and thinking of challenging the president, forget about it because there's not going to be an opportunity uh, here uh, to do that. And generally, I think uh, better known candidates are going to fare better. Uh, insurgencies are going to be harder. I mean, I should say dark horse candidacies are going to be harder uh, in this process. The new order adopted Friday calls for the first month of the nomination process to go like this. South Carolina followed three days later by both New Hampshire and Nevada, which would share the second spot on the calendar, followed by Georgia, followed by Michigan. All five contests would be conducted as primaries. The old order is for the starting weeks of the nominating process to have Iowa's caucuses, followed by New Hampshire's primary, followed by Nevada's caucuses, then South Carolina's primary. The head of U.S. intelligence, Avril Haynes, says fighting in Russia's war in Ukraine is running at a reduced tempo and suggests Ukrainian forces could have brighter prospects in the coming months. Haynes alluded to past allegations that Russian President Vladimir Putin's advisors have shielded him from military realities, losses regarding defeats for Russia in Ukraine. We expect that, frankly, both militaries are going to be in a situation where they're going to be looking to try to refit, resupply, in a sense, reconstitute so that they're kind of prepared for that counteroffensive. But we actually have a fair amount of skepticism as to whether or not the Russians will be, in fact, prepared to do that. And I think, yeah, I think more optimistically for the Ukrainians in that time frame. Ains expects that both sides will look to refit, resupply and reconstitute for a possible Ukrainian counteroffensive in the spring. News outlet Medusa said a recent confidential opinion survey conducted by the Federal Protection Service found support in Russia for the war waning. Fifty-five percent of Russian respondents backed peace talks with Ukraine, while 25 percent said they wanted the war to go on. Retired Republican Congressman Jim Colby died Saturday at the age of 80. He represented a heavily Democratic region of Arizona for more than two decades, and he was a proponent of gay rights he announced reluctantly in 1996 that he was gay after learning that a national publication planned to out him for his vote against federal recognition of same-sex marriage. He spoke to CNN back in 2019 about transportation secretary Pete Buttigieg, who at the time was running for president. I know when I came out. I mean that's 20 more than 20 years ago that I came out and I was reelected
0: by the same margin that I had been elected before I came out. And I've served five more terms after that. So and that was Arizona. I don't think it's as major as, as big a problem. I think there's going to be other issues.
1: Arizona Governor Doug Ducey ordered flags lowered at half staff Sunday. Colby retired from Congress when his 11th term ended in 2006. He later married his partner, Hector Alfonso. Israeli Prime Minister Designate Benjamin Netanyahu said Sunday that anti-Semitism, the oldest hatred, is the oldest hatred, but the internet, he said, is making it even worse. The Prime Minister Designate was responding to a question about recent behavior by former President Donald Trump, who dined with white nationalist Nick Fuentes and rapper Ye late last month. Here is Netanyahu on NBC.
0: You don't praise Hitler.
1: You don't praise. How can you praise Hitler? Hitler was the greatest mass killer of all time. So anybody who praises him is wrong. Anybody who meets with him and gives it legitimacy is wrong. And I've said it as much and I'll continue to say it. Both Fuentes and Ye, better known as Kanye West, have made a litany of anti-Semitic statements. 77 WABC News Time, 515. Here's Justin Ellick sports.
0: Thank you, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with the early news sports update. We had a bit of an unsatisfactory ending at MetLife yesterday in the NFC's battle between the Washington Commanders and your New York football giants as the contest ended in a 2020 tie after the two teams couldn't settle their differences in overtime. The G-Men held the lead late into the fourth quarter before Taylor Heineke marched his Commanders down the field on a 90-yard game-tying drive. In overtime, neither side would really sniff the end zone, so it was up to the right foot of Graham Gano for 58 yards as time expired to try and steal the victory for New York. It might be the final play of the game. Graham Gano on the way from 58, and it's no good. He was on target but short, and there are zeros on the clock. Neither team scored, therefore the game is recorded as a tie. And that's how the game will end. That call courtesy of Fox Sports with the tie. The Giants maintain possession of third place in the NFC East with still a one game lead up on Washington in the loss column. They'll have their hands full next week with the first place and eleven and one Eagles coming into town. As for the Jets, they fared worse in Minnesota, albeit putting up a valiant effort against the now ten and two Vikings as they fall twenty seven to twenty two in Mike White's second consecutive start under center for Gane Green. White came back down to earth a bit after lighting the world on fire last week, going for three hundred and sixty nine yards this week, zero touchdowns. And- and two interceptions en route to the road loss, and the defense wasn't able to keep Justin Jefferson and the Minnesota offense at bay for too long before they pulled away for good. Up next for the Jets is a big divisional matchup in Buffalo against the Bills next week. And on the ice, the Islanders took it to the Blackhawks on home ice, flanking Chicago by a score of 3 to nothing. Matt Martin, Zach Parise, and Brock Nelson made up the scoring for New York, and Semyon Varlamov stopped 21 shots as the Isles feel good going into an off day today as for the rangers the blue shirts have the st louis blues tonight at 7 p.m eastern time and of course last night on the hardwood as well nets They lose 103-92 in Brooklyn and the Knicks. They win 92-81 at MSG. Here with the early news sports update. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC.
1: All right. Lou Dobbs has your financial report.
0: This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report.
1: Wall Street posted another winning week. Stocks volatile after the November jobs report Friday, but rallied to end the session and the week higher. We'll have the November producer price index report later this week. The wholesale inflationary data one of the last major economic updates before the Federal Reserve meets. The metaverse is forecast to contribute $3 trillion to the global economy by 2031, that according to a release from the Facebook parent company,
0: Meta, last week. Meta's stock has underperformed, down more than 60% this year. Investors have suggested that CEO Mark Zuckerberg is focusing too much on the metaverse and not enough on the Facebook brand. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report.
1: All right. Checking futures are mixed. The Dow down 101 points or 0.29% at 34,358. The S&P down 14 and a quarter points. The NASDAQ down 32. Gold down 10 cents an ounce. Crude oil at $81.62 a barrel. That's up $1.64. The WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. News time 520. The NYPD's chief of transit is reportedly retiring. It comes at a time the city's trying to drive down crime throughout the subway system. 77 WABC's Frank Diaz reports.
0: The New York Post got its hands on documents showing Jason Wilcox filed for retirement on Thursday and will leave at the end of the year. It comes after Mayor Eric Adams launched several initiatives over recent months to address crime and homelessness in the subway system. Several other chiefs are retiring at the end of the year, as well, including chief of housing.
1: For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Frank Diaz. Possible hate crime out on Staten Island. A father and son wearing yarmulkes were shot with a BB gun. This happened outside of an island kosher market on Staten Island Sunday afternoon, just before 4.30 p.m. Outside this market at 2,212 Victory Boulevard in Myers Corners. Police are investigating this as a possible hate crime, and police say an unknown man in a black Ford Mustang with no license plate approached the father and the 7-year-old and shot them with a BB gun from inside of that vehicle. He then fled the scene. The child was grazed in his ear, and the 32-year-old father was struck in his chest. Both of the victims, though, refused medical attention at the scene. A man is dead after being electrocuted while walking on a Manhattan subway track. 787 WABC's Alex Barnard reports.
0: It happened around 8.30 a.m. Sunday morning. Police say a 31-year-old man was on the tracks at the Lexington Avenue and East 51st Street station when he came in contact with the electrified third rail and died. The man was then struck by a southbound Number 6 train that entered the station a short time later. It was not clear why the man was on the tracks and his identity was not immediately released. I'm Alex Barnard for the 77 WABC Early News.
1: Two suspects in custody following a short police pursuit and a wild shootout. This happened in the Bronx Sunday. The NYPD's Chief of Patrol, John Schell, said police responding to a report of a car break in ended up spotting the operator of a stolen vehicle driving recklessly. Officers pursued the driver to 161st Street and Summit Avenue, the Grand Concourse section of the Bronx. One man there was taken into custody, but the other man fled on foot. Officers ran after this armed man across the 161st footbridge where he landed in a marshy area right next to the Major Deegan. NYPD activation units lit up that marshy area. Here's Chief Shell.
0: The second individual takes off on foot across the 161 footbridge right behind me. At this time, members of the 30 precinct engage this person in exchange of gunfire. If this exchange of gunfire The individual uh, walks in, runs into the marsh area right here next to the Major Deegan.
1: The 39-year-old suspect, police say, is known to them he was wounded and was last listed in critical condition at Lincoln Hospital. The officers were not hurt. Today is the last call to sign up for New York City Public Schools. 787-WABC's Bob Brown explains.
0: New York City Public school students have until today to apply for middle school and high school. The city extending the application deadline after the portal crashed last week. Families applying through the My Schools website say they are used to the glitches. The Department of Education confirming the portal was having issues because of high traffic. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News.
1: Big strain on New York City's emergency rooms and hospitals. It's all because they're handling cases of COVID-19, the flu, and now an uptick in young pediatric patients with RSV. According to the CDC, some 44 states now have reported high or very high flu activity last week. The CDC estimates that there have been at least 78,000 hospitalizations and 4,500 deaths from flu so far this season, and that's early for that. Here's New York Senator Chuck Schumer.
0: Hundreds of kids a day coming in with RSV admissions, and it's not stopping. In fact, kids who needed to be admitted is up 49% compared to last year
1: respiratory viruses spread during thanksgiving gatherings and also due to travel including crowded airports over the holiday and schumer is calling on the department of human services he did so sunday to be ready to provide emergency rooms with the doctors and nurses they need health officials are also urging caution over the holiday period and weighing attendance at large gatherings a puppy mill discovered in New Jersey. An anonymous tip here ended up leading to Friday's discovery of a total of 180 caged animals, both dogs and cats, at a home on Arrowhead Park Drive in Brick Township, New Jersey, Friday night. Brick Township Police Chief James Rococo spoke to NBC New York.
0: The conditions were horrible, uh, the, just the odor. Uh, they were in very unsanitary conditions, probably months' worth of feces, you know, in the bottom of the cages.
1: These unsanitary conditions of that residence prompted the officers to step back outside and call on assistance from a hazmat team. Emergency response teams arrived and began inspecting the conditions, and once inside, the teams found the house was full of animal waste and the animals were living in just horrid, squalid, inhumane conditions, according to police. There were a total of 135 dogs and 45 cats that had to be removed from that Brick Township home. And authorities say that two of those dogs have died. Nine required emergency care and the others have been farmed out to shelters around the area. Police said that the residents there, Amy Lonzak and Michael Nice, the residents of the home, were arrested for animal cruelty. Police say they have also been charged with child endangerment. Lonzac's 16-year-old daughter also lived at the home according to police, hence the charge of child endangerment, and police say additional charges may be filed against this Brick Township couple. A musical about the life of Frank Sinatra is coming to Broadway. 77 WABC's Noam Laden reports. Sinatra the Musical will feature some of the late singer's greatest hits, such as New York, New York, My Way,
0: and Strangers in the Night. Sinatra's daughter Tina is one of the producers, but there's still no word on when it will open on the great white way. The musical is set to be directed and
1: choreographed by Tony Award winner Kathleen Marshall. For Early News, I'm Noam Laden. If you missed the top five of five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com.
0: It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.